Yeah, me and Lindsay didn't feel the pain of our hiatus on Not A Far But You first until we came back from it. And we we're like, okay, so we took a little break for, oh my god, we were gone for six months. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't remember how to edit anymore. That will be me with Wayward when I get back in the saddle in, uh, in July. Let's call it July. Yeah. I'm sure you'll have many people knocking at your door to be guests on that I one. mean, with all the spider sodas that I've been retweeting, I really hope so. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. But this is not a hiatus podcast. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if someone made a podcast that was just about podcast hiatuses? Oh my god, that would be... <laughs> uh, let's call it interesting. Yeah. There's a Homestuck joke in there somewhere, but we decided not to do a Homestuck episode this week, so. <laughs> I, listen, having to restudy all of the cl- uh, the class specs would have been <sighs> difficult. <laughs> More or less difficult than putting yourself through the hell gauntlet that is watching Glee within a short span of time, I will say. Um, so yeah. I had two people who were going to uh, watch with me, my wife. And also the Glee expert that I was talking about, who, by the way, I was like, yo, mm-hmm. I'm on a Glee podcast. And she was like, oh, my God, is it with Tanner and Christine? And I was like, yeah, actually. She's like, I'm a big what? fan. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's a big fan. Oh, my so, God. We have who name- is this? We have name recognition? Yeah. She's very cool. What? She's very cool. Um, That's awesome. Yes. So she was super happy to help me out with this. But they both canceled on me last minute. In terms of, like, oh actually watching with me. Oh, no. So I had to do it by myself, alone in the house. Because, Tanner, as you know, my wife... Yes. ...is gone. She's... She, she's she's absent. UK. She is not... She's in the UK this weekend, so... Ah, okay. Yeah, you're, you're currently alone in a sea of glee, which you crammed. Like, we gave you... The time ahead, like, warning. Mm-hmm. You could have <laughs> trickled it in, but no, you're like, I'm gonna watch eight episodes of Glee in the span of 24 hours. I mean, yes. Tanner, we don't really have any room to, at least I don't have any room to judge Sid on how fast <laughs> you watched Glee, because how many recordings have I finished the episode, the single episode we had to watch two hours or less before starting the recording? Yeah, but that's different, because that's only one episode. I was, like, no shade, Sid, but I was very surprised when you were like, yes, I'm going to be watching all the episodes that you suggested tomorrow. Now, did I? No. No, I did not. Did I plan on it? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, But then I I woke up very late, and I was like, ah, okay, cool. But I did get through- Woke up very late because you stayed up until 6 a.m., I'm assuming. Yes, I did. I got through. Your wife is gone and so is all your impulse control. You ended up cutting all the sleeves off your shirts. That actually, you joke, but that that's actually happening. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm like looking at some of my shirts and I'm just like, hmm, this would be better as a tank top, I think. So exactly. I'm trying to decide. There, there's a couple that I'm like, I should go buy some writ dye and just like dye this. I think that'd be fun. So, I mean, yeah. can't confirm. Dying things is fun. So we're 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 suffering over here. But I got through four episodes and a bunch of best of compilations. So you know, honestly, yeah. that works. Well, before we get too deep into it, let's break to actually put the theme song in and then do the intro. Yeah. Mm. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love the show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening 
You're listening to Loser Like Me Loser Like Me and welcome to Loser Like Me. This is normally a Glee recap and review podcast, but for today, we're doing something different that I personally didn't have to prep anything for. Yeah, it's it's truly just Christina's job to sit here and have vibes. Um, But yeah, I'm Tanner, and you can tap me to deal one damage to any target. That's Christina, and when she enters the battlefield, you gain three life. And... <laughs> We have a special guest today hey. who hasn't even been on here. We have a pure guest expert. Yes. Uh, hi, my name is Sid, and I've got you on a 20-turn clock, motherfucker. Oh, snap. I'm going to assume that's bad. I... <laughs> okay, so in, in Magic the Gathering, if you're in a tournament, like, if you hit the time, lo- or the time limit, you go to turns, where you have a specific number of turns to win the game someone, or else you both draw, mm-hmm. which is worse than someone winning or losing. Yes. And at last time I went to pre-release, I had the final turn, and I top-decked the exact card I needed to win. Oh my god. Oh no. And then it was just a double, it was a double Sheoldred win. <gasps> oh god. That must have been awful for the other person. Oh, it was, because it was, it was like, okay, I play a card that makes you either have to sacrifice a creature or a planeswalker, and so he sacrifices a planeswalker to keep his blocker. Then I drop the Sheoldred, that when it enters... It makes him sacrifice a planeswalker, and then it also helped me bring my other shieldred back. Good. Uh, is it is is that new shieldred or old shieldred? It was both shieldreds. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that's right because they're legend. Oh god! Yeah. Oh no, because what yo what happened was I had I had old shieldred in my hand, which cost seven. Right. And I was like, maybe I can play her and win because I had exactly seven mana. And then I top decked new shieldred, which is only five, so I could do the sacking spell and then new shieldred, which makes him sacrifice a creature as well. Mm. And then I could just swing in for lethal with the, my other guys. I love that. That's perfect. Anyways, Christina doesn't know what any of that means. Yeah. It, nope. <laughs> I can promise you that was a harrowing tale. I kind of assumed as much I could infer from the narrative flow that Tanner was describing it with (laughs) and tone voice and inflection. Yeah. (laughs) Listeners, despite having collected Pokemon cards since 2001 and uh, now collecting Digimon playing cards, uh, I have never had an interest in actually playing trading card games. (laughs) So... All I know about magic is that there are colors that you mm-hmm. can pick from and that they're currently pulling an interstitial and putting lots of other canon properties into the magic game. And people are real mad about Black Aragorn. Yeah. yeah. And they're wrong. They are. They are wrong. And anyone hating on Black Eowyn or Asian Legolas is also wrong. Yes. Yes. Oh, I haven't seen I haven't seen Asian Legolas. I'll have to look that up. Because his card is like I don't think his card made as huge waves as everyone else did. Uh, yeah. The thing is, is that, so I actually played in that pre-release, and it's it's a really slow set. Not not my vibes. That's fair. I saw some people liking it because it was like, this is this is helping, like, create the aesthetic of the slow journey through Middle-earth I mean, that this set is trying to evoke. And like, hey, I'm glad for you. But coming off of uh, March of the Machine, where it was just like, fucking go, 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 go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, good for you, but also I would not be going on that journey. So... Yeah, I'm like, hold up, let, let me play my card that sticks, like, counters on everything, gives me a bunch of life, and then I swing in for lethal with the, the, the giant cocoon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm there with you on that. Yes. This is not necessarily, you may have figured out that this is a crossover Magic the Gathering podcast. Yes. <laughs> We're not going to make it a Magic the Gathering discourse podcast, but I do feel the need to say right up front 
that, hey, the Pinkertons are bad. Yes. Yes. A hard agree. The fact that Hasbro has former Pinkertons working in their security division is super messed up. And, like... Magic is in a weird place where there are so many ways to play the game without actually giving Wizards of the Coast any money because you can buy singles from your local comic book store. And honestly, I think there's a more of a profit from the local comic book store when you buy magic products from them than Wizards actually makes profit off of selling magic products to the comic book stores. There's a whole bunch of secondary markets. And also, there are ways that you can play it without having physical cards whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And it's also just the fact, like, Ideally, you boycott a product that you don't like their decisions, but unfortunately, if you were to boycott a product, Wizards would just decide, hmm, they do not like the product because the product is bad. We must make changes. Because the only way for Wizards to actually understand why you're boycotting something is for you to send them a strongly worded letter saying, hey, this is why I'm boycotting. It's the fucking Pinkertons. Yeah. Or for them to lose money. Yeah. So, like, this isn't me saying, hey, Wizards is fine, you should give them money. This is me saying, support your local comic book stores. And also, if someone is choosing to continue to play Magic, like, it's their own decision. Mm-hmm. They, they're probably well aware of all the bullshit. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's fucking complicated. And the scene surrounding Magic is so complicated. Especially, yeah. like, navigating it as a woman and a queer person is a little iffy sometimes. You know, extremely. Like, I feel like there's no middle ground with Magic Gathering players. Mm-hmm. They're either the worst, worst people you've ever met or the most incredibly affirming and accepting group of people ever. <laughs> exactly. And luckily, I find myself among that second group of people. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like, f- former guest of the go, Fabby. She is very em- emblematic of the good side of Magic Gathering. <laughs> but anyways, we're not here. We're not even here to talk about the game, <laughs> Magic. No. We're here to talk about flavor. Yes. Because... Yes, as Christina mentioned, there are colors in magic. There's five colors. There's white, blue, black, red, and green. And while they are indicative of different styles of gameplay, they're also indicative of five different, like, philosophies in the the Magic the Gathering setting. Mm -hmm. Since you're the guest, do you want to break them down? Yeah, sure. So first in the chart, because they have, like, a chart, they go in an order. Yeah. Is white, and that's emblematic of, like, cooperation following the rules, stuff like that. If we look up here... Yeah, I'm scrolling up to the chat where you listed yeah. them all off so I can have so, them handy. <laughs> peace, law, structure, selflessness, equality. Next in the chart is blue, which is like knowledge, deceit, perfection, improvement, things like that. Next is black, which is power, self-interest, selfishness, conniving, but ultimately getting what you want. Red is freedom, emotion, action, impulse, destruction, and green is nature, wildlife, connection, spirituality, tradition. Shout out to the wiki. Thanks for those great summaries. But the interesting part for me is where you get into color combinations, and Mm -hmm. that's where stuff starts to get really interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because there's also like... The, if you look on the back of the card, you see how they go in kind of an order. And the idea is that the colors that are next to each other work really well together. And the ones that are opposite to each other have very opposed philosophies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they can they can still combine together. So, like, if you combine green, which is all about nature and stuff, and black, which is about death and stuff, they combine into, like, the cycles of life. Mushrooms. And death and rebirth. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's very mushrooms. But then if you combine with, like, green and red, you've got, like... Freedom, nature, you know, like, uninhibited growth, and it's it works very smoothly together. So, mm-hmm. it's very interesting. And then there's also three color slices, which are a whole nother thing. 
but... Four colors are extremely rare. Yes. But the thing is, is that kind of the cool thing is, is that since we have so many different, like, philosophies to look at, so many different aspects that we can look at and combinations and stuff like that, it makes for a really, really good way to describe, like, characters, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also a really good way to plug characters into, which is why, as you mentioned before, Christina, they're doing all the universes beyond stuff and all those crossovers. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this is just reminding me of, like, how so many times in, and at least in my time on Tumblr, I've seen a lot of people, like, where a lot of people take a, take a fiction, a piece of work, where, like, I'll use Divergent, because it's the less (laughs) shitty alternative to character classification system. It's like, oh yeah, I'm from abnegation, but my parents were erudite, so I'm smart and I do peaceful protests or something like that. Like, fans love to, we love to diversify a dichotomy. (laughs) We also, if you're autistic enough, you love to stick people in a chart. (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) Love charts. And it, it, it's kind of interesting to talk about because it means that, like, I can, if I'm talking to Tanner, let's say, about a property that I am familiar with, but they are not, then I can say, like, oh, you know, it's a very, you know, black-red vibe here, or whatever it is. And they can mm-hmm. go, okay, I have kind of an idea of the character archetype that you're talking about. Yeah, it's a helpful shorthand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing... Also, real quick, oh, yeah, go ahead. sorry, real quick, the, all, all the Divergent factions can line up pretty easily with the Magic the Gathering colors. Yes. Oh, <laughs> nice. Is, yeah. Yeah, Dauntless is red, Amity is green, Erudite is blue, Abnegation is white, and Candor is black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very fun. The other thing that I just want to mention really quick is that when we get into color combinations and stuff like that, a lot of them have special names after the factions that fall into them. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to stick with just color names, but if I mention a faction, I'll explain what colors those are kind of as we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so let's let's stick some colors on the Glee cast. Yes, I do want to ask which. So, which characters did you grab? Like, okay, because I I have a whole list that was like everyone who is in Glee Club as of season three and Will and Sue. Okay, let's see. So I've got Finn, Kirch, uh, Will. I guess his name is Sue, Quinn, Rachel, Emma, Mercedes, Brittany, Santana, and Blaine. Okay, some of the characters who maybe. Their characters aren't quite as fleshed out. <laughs> like Tina. <laughs> Hashtag justice for Tina. Justice for Tina. Yeah. For the kids in the Glee Club who don't really get personalities, I'm putting them as red-blue. mad. Because those are the theater kid colors. So I think... That is correct. We can safely <laughs> we can safely put that there. I had very few blue characters. Because I was more thinking like, who are the smart people? Or more like, who are the nerds? I actually ended up with a few blue characters. I see I had a lot of red because well, like you said red and blue are the theater kids but red specifically is like the color of the arts. Yes that is correct. Mm-hmm. So it was hard not to put red in for everybody. Yeah. Red the blood of angry men. That's yeah exactly. Okay who, who, who do we want to start with? Let's start with Will. Yeah, get the okay. worst out of the way first. Oh, wait, before we start with Will, can you share what you sent me the other day? Oh, so before he was, before Matthew Morrison was on Glee, he was an extra. He was actually the, the villain of the week on a TV show called Numbers, which 
Like really? I yes, I have been ragging on Glee, but I am also a fan of numbers, so like uh, oops. <laughs> you know, but why were you at the Devil's Sacrament, you know? <laughs> anyway, in that episode, he is a dirty cop who is a sex criminal and he gets caught because he has a strain of drug-resistant gonorrhea. So <laughs> That's like watching Glee and knowing that and going like, oh my god, their background checks are atrocious. How did they not catch that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I actually have a pretty strong opinion about Mr. Shu's color identity. Uh-huh. And that is, yeah. I think he is black, red, blue. Interesting. I just had him as black and red. Because I don't think he's very smart. I don't think he's very smart, but I put the blue in because of the kind of like the man tends to connive a little and that's fair also i was reading some of the write-ups on dice try who has a lot of really good write-ups on color combinations and stuff like that and one of the things that they Mm -hmm. categorized grixis which is the color combination as they called it self-indulgent creativity which i felt really really fit will because that's yeah he's self-indulgent he's ego-driven selfish Selfish, yes. He's the worst. He may or may not have given a lot of women drug-resistant gonorrhea. I don't know. <laughs> who who can say whether that's true in the Glee universe, the Glee universe? You know. I feel I feel like if he did, we would have heard about it. True, because he is a slut. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I I I I think pretty strongly black, red, blue, but definitely black. Okay. I think we can agree on that. Oh, absolutely. Definitely red. Now, how about next? The next one I have is Sue. Yes. And this one will be interesting. I have Sue as white and blue. Really? Okay. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So my justification for this is that Sue very much wants to unite this school. And she does want to unite it, like, under her. But it's it's a lot more of, like, leveling the playing field and making everyone the same than Will, who's like, I want to unite all the students for my success. Mm, yeah. So I think this might be a function of the fact that I haven't seen all of Glee. Fair. And most of what I have watched is in season one. Mm, yeah. But for me, Sue very much read as mono black to me. Interesting. Just, like, f- for me, the bit that she does in the finale of season one, where she's like, I want the Glee Club to stick around, but only because only so that I can beat them again. Mm-hmm. To me, that's, you know, she's she's lifting other people up, but it's very, very self-interested. That is a very good point. Again, she's very much ego-driven. Yes. Yeah. Which, like... You know what? I could compromise and say blue-black because she's, like, very devious and underhanded, too. Yes. Yes. And also, like, she... Whenever she's ragging on the Glee Club, she's prioritizing education as an alternative to the arts. Yes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I think, honestly, I get the impression that if Sue could get rid of all classes and have it just be sports... She would. She would, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I do have under her characteristics, I did put Slay, uh, just because <laughs> Jane Lynch is a MILF and... <laughs> Live your truth, Sid. Live your truth. <laughs> Tanner well knows I like dangerous women. Yeah, it is. It's fascinating because, yeah, I guess Sue does Slay, but I feel like at no point does she ever serve cunt. So it's like, it's a weird dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting question. This is a little bit off track, but, you know, 
we're here. That's the podcast, Sid. That's the podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> also, sorry, sorry for do- dropping the C word. I just, I was listening to Cerebral the other day and they say it a lot. No, no, no. I feel it. I feel it. Does Elish Norn serve cunt? Yes, all the time. I, I'm sorry. I said Elish Norn and now I have to take a second again. <laughs> oh my God. Pause for women. <sighs> women. She's 12 feet tall, Christina. She's 12 feet tall. She's Congratulations. Feet tall and a robot I'll, and I'll a drop, bitch. She's a cult leader. She's mono white. And Christina, this is for you. She's a mono white robot cult leader who is defeated by Joan of Arc. I mean, I support Joan of Arc wholeheartedly. You know yeah. this. <laughs> very sexy, very fun. Yeah. Joan of Arc jumped on a grenade and the ghost of an angel was like, that was so cool of you and turned Joan of Arc into an angel. Yes, it was very cool. Excellent. But also like, you know, step on me a little bit. Yeah. Here's a picture of her. And I just, I put Sue Sylvester in the same bucket of just like, wow, rail me a little, you know? But anyway. Anyway. That's that. Oh, she's the boomerang head. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Congratulations. That's actually, that's actually a good, um, a good thing to point out though. Is that it does kind of sound like when you list all the characteristics for all the colors, it sounds like, you know, white is the good color and black is the bad color. But that's not necessarily true. Every single color has the opportunity for heroism. And every single color also has the opportunity for villainy, including mm-hmm. white. Yeah. White at its worst Science is... 2023. Yes, exactly. <laughs> is Is dogmatic and inflexible. So, you know cult shit yeah. right mm-hmm. and black at its best is like revolutionary and aspirational mm-hmm. exactly exactly black's getting shit done and you gotta admire that mm-hmm. okay okay next character let's finish off the teachers by going with emma who i didn't even write down i i did i think she's blue white for me okay rule following uh she's trying to do the right thing but she can be a little bit cerebral sometimes yeah. Pamphlets. She can heal, but that's not her that's not her strong suit. Yes. Precise, obsessive, but ultimately good. A good person. I can dig it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright. The kids. The kids. The kids. Who do you have first? Uh so the first person on my list, I just went by order of appearance in the pilot episode. So first I have Finn. Okay. And Some boy. F- for Finn, I think definitely white. Yes. And I would argue green also because of his... Interesting. Yeah. Tradition? Tradition, but then also his belief in, like, the collective. Again, pulling from season one, the uh, finale, or no, not the finale, the, like, the mid-season finale, sectionals. Mm-hmm. How he puts aside his feelings about Quinn and Puck, and he's like, you know what, this is what's best for the club, and a lot of things that he does are based on what is best for the group. So that's why I put him as white cream. I just had him as mono white because I feel like all of all those defining characteristics you just said, I feel like they are more white things than green things. Yeah. I mean, I would say that definitely primarily white, right? Like, I mean, pretty definitively. Yeah. But I, I, I would say that if I were creating a deck based around Finn and the stuff that he does, I'd be splashing green. Okay. I can I can see that. Yeah. 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 Even if Finn is mono white, I think that I don't know. There's something green about his vibe. I can't explain it further. Okay. 
I mean, I'm trying to think, because you said one of the things for Green is spirituality, and I'm like, well, the closest thing was when he believed Jesus was a sandwich. Yeah. No. A grilled I mean, cheese sandwich, specifically. Not, cer- yeah. certainly not his, uh, I mean. Strongest suit. <laughs> let, let's put it this way. The boy isn't blue. No. It's, he ain't blue. <laughs> He's not blue. Now I just want to get proxy tokens for food tokens, but they just have grilled cheeses on them. <gasps> See, that would be really good, though. Well, especially with the new uh, with the new set, there's a lot of oh, food that's right. going it's, on. There's a lot of food, there's and a lot of food. Uh, Eldraine is gonna have a lot of food too. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna roll up to pre-release, and it's like I've brought my own food token. So, like, is that fucking Glee? <laughs> <laughs> Be careful the the Magic the Gathering people might think that you're a nerd. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I did, one time I was at a draft on Sunday, and I was t- making casual conversation, I said, yeah, usually uh, I have a Glee podcast on Sundays, but not today. And the person was like, sorry, you have a what? Excellent. Um, anyways. Anyway. Let's move on. Yes. To Rachel. Rachel fucking Barry. Yes. I have her as mono black. Okay. So I have her as white, black, splash blue, because of her obsession with perfection. Interesting. The other... Okay, so I kind of have two reasons for this. One, uh, she's self-important, manipulative, sheltered, and dogmatic. The dogma, to me, reads as white. uh, And also her obsession with the rules. So I think definitely white-black. We cannot argue that she's black. Like, obviously... She's the ambition girl. She's the ambition girl. Yes. (laughs) But I would say that her... Like, her obsession with perfection and the rules. I mean, the girl has no passion, but what she does have is technical proficiency. And that, to me, reads as blue. I get that. The other reason is because when I was playing Magic, like, a lot, a lot, Mm -hmm. was when, I don't know if you remember Solar Flare, the deck, and it was basically, I have beef with this color combo and it's that i hate it and it's boring (laughs) and so to me that's very rachel coded so i'm holding it no that's funny yeah that's funny because i i can i can't give her white i can give her blue black though and blue black i have (laughs) beef with because that's the colors my ex plays (gasps) no oh no (laughs) so yeah I think agree to disagree on that, but I, but I I won't throw down for white necessarily, but I will throw down to put blue in her. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. I get that with your explanation. Mm-hmm. All right, who is up next? The next person I have on my list is Kurt. Hell yeah, little gay boy. So my choices might surprise you. Okay, I once again put him as red blue, maybe mm-hmm, with a mm-hmm. splash of black, maybe. But interesting. What 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 do you think? I've got red, white, black. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because I think Kurt's white doesn't necessarily come out with the Glee Club. It comes more out with, like, the community itself. Like, he strives to make a better community for all the queer people, not just himself. Oh, yeah. And then the black and red is solely for his, like, artistic ambition. And I feel like black was the first color I gave Kurt because I think he is very ambitious, much like Rachel. It's just that he doesn't also bring in, like, the deviousness and the underhandedness that Rachel does. He's ambitious, but it's not, a, it, it, but it's high achieving. It's not self-invested. Yeah. And he's not necessarily pulling the ladder up behind him, like Rachel <laughs> has a tendency to Exactly. Do. Let's remember to use that, Tanner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I actually really like that. I like that a lot. 
And, like, I can see where you got the blue from, mm-hmm. because he's definitely smart, but I feel like him being smart isn't an important part of his character. Right. Yeah. No, no, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. And even, I feel like even Kurt would say that. He's like, yeah, I'm smart. I could get into a great university with, like, a business degree or something, but I don't want to. I want to be on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. The next person I have is Mercedes. Mercedes. I have her as mono red. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I gave her white, green, red because, mm. like, yeah, she's she's definitely, like, one of the most gung-ho artistic people. Mm-hmm. But the, the white, green is coming from the fact that, like, her religion is an important part of her. And, like, to be fair, you didn't get, probably didn't get a lot of those. But, like, she is very invested in her religion and spirituality throughout the entire season. It informs a lot of her arcs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think... That and the growth that comes from green and the community that comes from white, they all play equal parts into Mercedes, as does her artistic passion. Yeah, I, she is, yes, as you as you suspected, I didn't get a lot of Mercedes. Crying shame. Is, yeah, yeah, justice for Mercedes, uh, first of all. She gets some good episodes, but it's like, they're Mercedes episodes. It's like, it's hard to get a grab bag of her in other people's episodes. Yes, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, it from the from the best of collections that I watched, she does seem to be very like and from the stuff that I saw in the episodes, she seems to be very focused on like justice and stuff like that and like hey, this isn't fair. So, yeah, definitely. I could see her as being uh white green red. Also, if we want to get uh silly, there was the one episode where she led a riot against the cafeteria because they took away her tots. Mm-hmm. And so, hell yeah, go off. Gonna get another food token. I'm gonna roll up with my food tokens. That's tots, grilled cheeses, and a slushy. Perfect. <laughs> you will be truly the belle of the ball. I will. I'll get treasure tokens that are, like, the trophies. Yes. Actually, no, I'll have blood tokens, but those are the slushies. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, let's see. Who else? There is Quinn, who I had a really hard time pinning down. So did the writers. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. I'm staring at her going, what characters best exemplify her sapphic death spiral? Yeah. It depends on, like, what stage of her character development or lack thereof this card is as well. That's very true. I feel like at the start of the series, she's mono black. Yes, I could definitely, I could definitely agree with that. I did ask my resident Quinn expert, Mm -hmm. who said that she is, by the end of season three, she's black green. Although I have doubts as to her impartiality. Girl loves Quinn. So (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how clear, how clearly she is seeing here. No, I get that. And I think, well, I I maybe if we look at it from a more mechanical thing, black and green is very much, but like it's self-destructive, but then you keep growing from that. And I feel like that very much embodies Quinn's arcs. Yeah. 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 With when you read into it as like psychoanalyzing Quinn as opposed to just like the um <laughs> doyalist answer of Quinn has weird arcs because the writers never knew what to do with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, Diana Agron is so pretty. Just like wow. Diana Agron she is so slay. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I, I, I think similarly how to uh to how like if I was making a deck for Finn, I would have him as white green even if his card itself would be mono white. I think that Quinn could easily have a black green deck, even if she herself is mono black. Yeah. So see now you've got me thinking about mechanics, and it's like we can't. That's a different podcast yes. where we just <laughs> the whole podcast <laughs> is just making the Glee cards. 
next time listen next time you're not sure what to do call me we can make some glee decks <laughs> it'll be sure, sure thing absolutely awful to listen to but very satisfying i think yeah um there's there's a tumblr blog called adventures fair where they do weekly uh create your own card contests and one of them was make a saga depicting a, un- a universe, a, a saga that could be in a universe's beyond set depicting another property's events. And the card I almost submitted was the 2012 National Show Choir Championships. Oh my god. Where it was like, the, uh, I can't remember what the first two parts of it, but the last part was like, to create a bard token at, at the end of your end step. If you own 12 bards, you win the game. Oh, I like that. That's Ooh. good. Um, and I, I think the only reason I didn't submit it was because, well, first off, the only card maker that can make sagas only works on Windows, and I am still stuck on a Mac. No. <laughs> and also because even if I could make a saga, the title, the 2012 National Show Choir Championships, is way too long for a card. Oh, yeah. That's rough. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. No, I like that. I actually like that a lot. Okay. So I actually have a hot take for Brittany. Okay. My hot take is that Brittany is blue-green. Let me explain. Uh, yeah, you uh, you gotta explain that. Okay, so here's the thing, is that... Okay. I think that it's sometimes a mistake to correlate blue with intelligence. What I'm taking here is blue is cerebral. So Brittany is definitely up in her head a lot of times. Is her head very smart? I don't... I don't think so, no. But... <laughs> Stay tuned. Girls... Girls always thinking... And I think the blue-green for me is the aspect of, you know, cerebralness, I guess, that is more, like, imaginative rather than, like, you know, make fireworks or whatever it is. Uh, it's it's more theoretical, which I think is yeah. a lot of Brittany. Also, speaking of Eldraine, a lot of my favorite fairy cards are blue-green, and that, to okay. me fits really well like for instance oko i don't tanner i don't know what you had for Brittany. looking at the again having the color chart pulled up i i'm I'm personally gonna put forth for the first time ever a magic suggestion yes of, well, yes. of black red for Brittany because i see here that black has uninhibitiveness mm. and Ooh. red has freedom impulse emotion mm. like because to me i don't know if to me, having watched Glee, I feel like the being in her own head thing is less. It, it, to me, it feels less. It feels less brain and more, more esoteric than it, it's bigger than a brain. Mm, yeah, if that makes sense. That's f- and and here's my thing. I had her as green white. Oh, interesting. <laughs> because. The, the white was because she is, she, much like Finn, she is another person who's like, she's always looking out for what's best for the club mm. and for the community at large. And she wants to make, she doesn't want to make a great thing for one person. She wants to make a great thing for everybody and for everyone to have a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, and green is because she's a known animal lover. <laughs> That's also true. Yes. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is that we should make Brittany the first ever uh, all color card. She has all colors because... She contains multitudes. Okay, well, she would be like the hundredth five color magic, the gathering card, because there's a lot of those. But also, I agree, she does contain multitudes. I think actually her being five colors is very emblematic of Brittany. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that was, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. 
like like mechanically the reason we said four colors are rare is because it's hard to justify them mechanically because mm-hmm. when it's five colors it's just like let's just do the most bombastic thing we can and when it's three colors it's like let's look at one color and then leech into the two other colors where there's overlap but four colors is more defined by what they're not and so it's way harder to make something unless it just has like four distinct different abilities yeah and of course, a lot of that gets into the weeds about how to play magic, which we don't necessarily want to get into. But it's difficult. It's really, really difficult to pull off four colors. But if you have like a five color deck, a lot of what you're doing is invested around being a five color deck. And like, that's yeah. the identity of the deck. Yeah. So it's easier five to pull co- off, weirdly. Five color good stuff. Yes. Well, since we're talking about Brittany, let's pivot to Santana. Now, I know you had a specific idea for Santana. <laughs> Me? You. Yes. Okay. Um, one, I would like to say girl pretty. I just... Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Um, for me, Santana is black red. She is Interesting. judgmental. That's not the idea you mentioned. <laughs> Did I? Jesus. What was the idea that well, I mentioned? I can't, I can't remember if you were serious, but it's okay. So, Christina... We remember when we, we said that like a lot of the color combinations have specific names based on the factions they're associated with when they first appeared. Yes. And so the the name for making a color white, red, green is oh yeah, Naya. Naya. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. Yes. She's so famous. She got a whole faction named after her. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't fit because Santana is definitely black. Yes. Uh. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. White, red, green is like very good boy. Uh, they're the good boy colors when you put them together and Santana is nasty which is why I like her but yeah I think she has more of like a temper than some of the other characters that we put as uh, mono black and she's a lot more like passionate and forthright and also kind of justice minded Mm -hmm. you know actually I could see her as uh, red white black yeah you know I kind of like that which, and I know we use it for Kurt, but honestly, especially in season three, Santana and Kurt are very much on a similar wavelength. Yeah. Opposite sides, but the same wavelength. Yeah. Yes. And actually, the, those kind of like spectrums can get very interesting when you like really start getting into the weeds of it. Also, the last episode that I watched before we got on was the one in which they out Santana. Oh, no. Justice oh, no. for Santana. Absolutely. I mean, she she mostly gets it. Yeah. Yeah. She gets it depending on your opinion of Finn. <laughs> yes. A little man. Man. <laughs> what an episode. The littlest big man you've ever seen. Yep. What what an episode. What an episode. <laughs> really, uh, really bold of them to say, it's ladies, and then have the first three songs be all dudes. Bold. Bold choice. <laughs> Decisions are made constantly. Allegedly. Allegedly. Decisions were made. But yes, I, I love Santana. She's my favorite character, and I love her character archetype. Very, very fun. Hell yeah. All right. The black red, like the. So we talk about faction names. Uh, the black red faction is called Rakdos a lot of times, named after a cult of murder clowns. Yeah. Oh, no. They're clowns who like to do murder, which is very fun, but it's all about the <laughs> arts, baby. Yeah. I love that. One, one of their most famous cards is Massacre Girl, and that's her name. Yes. That's her legal name, is Massacre Girl. It's, Massacre Girl. It's so sick. I love I love them. I love them so much. They're insane. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 
that, that on that. Here, hang on. Here is a picture from the D&D book about Rakdos. As you can see, there is a clown. <laughs> and that's their vibe. We love them. I mean, that doesn't look like as much of a clown to me as like the fantasy AU that the um Tanner the world hopping the world hopping team from the DCT Legends of Tomorrow. This looks like a Legends of Tomorrow fantasy AU villain. Oh my god, possibly. I don't know where you got Legends of Tomorrow from. Well, could <laughs> because I was like fire breathing there's guys in the Legends of Tomorrow that use ice powers and use fire powers. Mm. I know they world hop. Ergo, they go to a fantasy world. And then you get this character art. They, but they don't world hop, they time travel. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I'm not trying to stifle your bit. I just... Yes. I wasn't sure where you were going. It's fine. Sorry. It's fine. I know you're truly grasping at straws. I am. Let's see. see that one, that one that you just posted, Tanner, Cult Guild Mage? That's a clown. That's definitely a clown. Yeah. You know what? I bet the I bet the guy from the D&D book, like, he didn't seal his makeup properly, and so it probably melted off during his fire breathing. Yeah. I think that if you look into his eyes, there's a lot of devi- deviousness there that you get in clowns. That, to me, is what reads clown. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of Rakdos, Puck. So, I'm gonna admit, I didn't come up with anything for Puck. I just put him as Rakdos, because he's a chaos person. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. This is the it's the best option. Yeah. He's fairly selfish. He's fairly emotional. Yeah. I just, whenever I tried to think about Puck, my mind just kind of glazed over him and I just <laughs> yeah. couldn't do it. So I was like, well, I'm sure that, I'm sure that Tanner will have opinions. And yeah, yeah, that's an opinion and I think it's correct. Like I have, I have a lot of opinions about Puck, but in terms of magic colors, he's black red. There's really no other way about it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have Artie? I did not have Artie. I put Artie as mono blue. I can see that. Because he's a nerd. Yeah. Maybe we could put in blue red because he also likes filmmaking and sex. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've we've well established that all of Artie's plot lines are about him being sad because he's in a wheelchair or him fucking. Yes. Artie is, yeah. The way they handled him was interesting. Bad. Yeah. (laughs) Not ideal. Not ideal, certainly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> As a disabled person, I had a lot of bones to pick with that. But yeah, I could, yeah. I could see I could see Blue Red. I mean, he's a theater kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Theater kid derogatory here, I think. <laughs> so like, that's where I'm at on that. You know, it's interesting to think that if we were to reboot Glee from square one, ideally Artie's biggest changes would that be he'd be played by a wheelchair user, but also most of his plot lines would not revolve around his wheelchair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Because we wouldn't be able to have imagine sequences where he was like, I'm dreaming of dancing one day. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And pretty much every other wheelchair user was like, we're over it. Stop it. Like, calm down. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Actually, in that same vein, in that same weird cast herd. <laughs> yes. Uh, Tina and Mike, I put both of them as blue-red as well. Yeah, I can see that. I had a really hard time from the limited amount that I watched. I had a really hard time getting reads on them, which, as I understand it, from my Glee expert, my Glexpert that I consulted, <laughs> uh, she said that, yeah, that, yeah, that sounds about right. So blue, red, I can see for sure. Yeah. Well, it's because like they're... There are very few characters who are characterized by their actual pursuit of academia, Mm. but Tina and Mike are two of those characters. 
but also they're very clearly very invested in the arts. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. So I think they're the most natural blue reds. I think Mike, there's a lot more synthesis of the characters within him, mm. whereas Tina, it's like I can easily see her moving from one direction to the other more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, when I was when I was saying that like any of the kids that I couldn't categorize, I just put as blue red. They were the two that I was thinking of most Mm -hmm. and also Artie. i mean truly all three of them are blue red and that's just kind of yeah they're just there so which other colors which other characters did you have written down so i didn't get to watch a lot of sam i kind of remember him as a character my my glexpert said red interesting i i said red white okay i can see that because he's another teamwork boy he's kind of like a smaller finn Mm, mm mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, it, it, that was my impression of him was Finn, but again, so... Yeah, there are a lot of characters that are Finn, but again, actually. Yeah, <laughs> which fits into my supernatural glee unified theory. Oh no. Actually. Oh no. Did Finn get eaten on Supernatural? Hmm? Yeah, no, he was He was on the second uh, He was on the second episode of Supernatural, and he, he dies very slowly in a, in a cave after being hunted by a creature. And my opinion is that all of Glee is a fever dream that he is having as he is dying. Because if we look, he is always portrayed in a good light. And Quinn, his ex, is always portrayed in a bad light. And I think that the reason why all of these bad things happen to Quinn is because he's angry at her. And so that's how he's remembering his high school years. That's wild. His name is Gary. (laughs) (laughs) That's also wild. Imagine being named Gary. Imagine. Sorry to the Garys listening. (laughs) Sorry to the Garys. And then the last character that I have on my list uh, was Blaine, who... Okay. I have as blue-white with a splash of red. Okay. I I was hard for me to get a read on Blaine either, Mm -hmm. because I know he's a major character, but if a lot of his characterization is, it's Blaine! Yeah, that was kind of the difficulty that I was having, but... Blaine might be the poochie of Glee... When I think about it. Yeah. I do need you to explain that, please. <laughs> so, Poochie, there was an episode of The Simpsons where in Itchy and Scratchy, they had a cool new character named Poochie, and the the corporate heads decided that everyone loved Poochie, and they're like, Poochie should always be on screen. When he's not on screen, people should be asking, where's Poochie? And then at the end, he became so hated that they had to write him off, and Poochie returned to his home planet. And then during the credits, they state that Poochie died on his way to his home planet. That's where that meme is from? X died on the way to their home planet? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I feel like that was the thinking of Blaine when he was introduced, is that the writer's room was always going, if Blaine is on camera, people need to be asking, where's Blaine? Yeah, Blaine is just kind of always there, uh, but he's not always, he's not really ever doing anything. I feel like a lot of it was the writers going like, and it's Darren Chris. Everybody it loves really Darren is. Chris. The kids love the the kids love Star Kid. Put more of that in, mm-hmm. they say, in their like writers' rooms with their cigars and shit. Yeah. So glad I already forgot which colors he said. Uh blue white with slash red, because he's generally a good boy and cooperative. And kind of the same thing as Rachel, where I I don't even know if I could splash red, but because a lot of his numbers that I remember strike me as being very technically proficient, but not a lot of like emotion or passion or meaning behind them. Okay. Yeah, I can get behind that. So 
they just they just said like oh it's truly like you said where's blaine mm-hmm. i just man man oh man and i think that's all of the characters that i have written down all right Let's see, I have four more. I have Sugar, Rory, Joe, and Unique, and I don't blame you for not writing them down, because they didn't get a lot of screen time, especially in this season. <laughs> yeah, I remember Unique. Um, I don't yes. know who those other mm-hmm. characters are that you're talking about. Well, let's say uh, Unique, played by Tony Award-winning Alex Newell. Tony Award-winning Alex Newell! And then for Leah Michelle, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think unique is mono red. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I think she's at the very least. Maybe maybe I'll do a relitigation by the end of the series. But in the, in her what two three appearances in season three, she's red. From what I remember of unique, uh, which is not a lot, that seems about right. Yeah, uh, and sticking with the mono colors, Joe is white because he's the Christian dreadlock boy. Oh yeah, that's fair enough. Rory, I have is green blue. Because blue, because he definitely tries some sketchy things to try and get. He definitely tries some sketchy things to try and get snogged, but also he is the little Irish boy, and so like the green is necessary. <laughs> okay, sure. His first song is "It's Not Easy Being Green," you know, from the Muppets. I mean, that's wow. not his fault, though. Truly, Ryan Murphy is writing a character. <laughs> he got called out by like the Irish American Society, and they're like, "You're you are Irish. What is this bullshit?" Yeah. 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 Fair enough. And then I put sugar in as red white because red because that's like the color of making treasure tokens and she is rich as hell and her dad is not in the mafia, trust us. Um <laughs> but also white because she does use it to help people. Okay. Yeah. I like that. She could also be red green. Actually, I feel like I'm I'm changing it last minute. I'm changing her to red green. <laughs> okay. I respect that decision. And that's that's glee. That's glee. That's magic the gleathering. Magic the gleathering. Mm-hmm. Truly two things that I was into in 2012. And two things that I'm into today. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And one thing that Christina's into. <laughs> and True. one thing that I'm into. It's 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 perfect. Yeah. Just like how a lot of times three color decks are two colors and then kind of the bridge, the synthesis. We've got me on one end, Christine on the other end, and then you in the middle, Tanner. You're the bridge between us. Yay! I'm Dagatar the Adamant, forcing the combination between my Orzov Phyrexians and my uh, Golgari Phyrexians so that I can have the most powerful uh, Phyrexian typal deck. I Abzan Phyrexians are so much fun. I love them. Just like, wow, what a deck. What a deck. <laughs> Just going through like, hey, you guess what I'm going to do now? Counters. Counters on everything. Oh, yeah. For sure. I, I was asking for suggestions and someone was like, how come you're not running the Chrome Host Shark? I'm like, well, that's a blue card. I'm not making a blue deck. So I don't think it would fit. Yeah, I I, I just don't like playing blue. I Same. Like, which, I'm not smart enough for blue. Yeah, which like, whenever I take the, the quizzes for like, what magic color combination are you? The only thing that really stays constant is blue, you know, because I have a math degree mm-hmm. <laughs> so theoretically i'm smart but as soon as you start talking about counters and stuff you know and like uh, counter spells i'm just like what what are you talking about i don't get it see 
See, I jest, but at a, I recently bought a magic card that is a, a, a white, black, blue Phyrexian guy whose whole thing is play a blue sack of thing and tap it to counter a spell. Oh my god, that's a lot of things. I was looking into, like, what other Phyrexian commanders could I make use of? Like, this guy I could actually maybe do some stuff with. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But yeah, I, like, gameplay-wise... I really only like blue if it's blue-red, because that just turns into, like, basically throwing cards at your opponent going, die, die, die. Yeah, I mean, having having all of those burn spells really helps keep my engagement, as it were. But I am, I'm a little jund boy, and I can't help that. Like, that's, that's super valid. Although, lately I've been playing nothing but Boros, which is, like, cringe, because they're the cops, but... I mean, they're only cops on one plane, because on, on uh, Arcavios, they're the history majors. Which I love. Mm-hmm. I actually, at my one of my pre-releases, I had the makings of, of, of a whole lot of cards that I you would really, like, all my rares were red-blue, mm-hmm. but all of the other cards involved, it's like, it's just card draw. Like, not even anything burn or counter, mm. it's like, just card draws for every instant and sorcery. Yeah, that's, <laughs> which, why are you digging if there's nothing to dig for? Exactly. But I don't know. Um, Magic has really been making red-white the aggro colors lately. So I guess that's just kind of where my mind has been. Because the joke that my Magic playing friends have, because I have some friends who are like incredibly into Magic and very, very good at it, like winning tournaments and stuff. And they're just like, they're just like, Sid, it doesn't matter what color the deck is that you are holding in your hands. It's a Jund deck. And that's just how it is. (laughs) I can hand you any deck and it becomes a Jund deck and I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> that's the kind of energy I'm trying to bring. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Jund battles are going to be a big thing once they start printing more battles. Mm, yeah, that's true. I haven't had a chance to really, uh, to really deal with battles yet, but I am excited to. I did my first pre-release for March of the Machine. I did Jund battles and I only won one match, but I had a lot of fun in the other ones. Mm-hmm. That's the thing for me about jund and like the red centric decks is that it's like am i gonna win all the time no not necessarily but am i always gonna have fun and feel like i'm doing things yes absolutely yeah and it's it's just about taking a more active role in play i don't know i like having like secondary objectives and stuff like that i like having other things to do while i'm doing things so this is you know for me i just i just like a good aggro deck you know Anyways, thanks everybody for listening to this episode. I don't know how much of it was, like, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> but I'm sure the Venn diagram of Magic the Gathering fans and Glee fans is me. But you know what? You and Sid had a good time. And I, finished, dr- and I finished drawing my spider Sona. So it's a net profit Which for all of us. Important. Hell yeah. And also, Hell yeah. also, you had the most important contribution, which was Five Color Brittany. So... Yes, really. <laughs> truly the wisest among us. Yeah. You know what? I'll take it. <laughs> I don't know how much that compliment applies, but I'll take it. Yeah, always always take the W. Mm-hmm. So, Sid, thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Where can you be found if you want to be found? When I want to be found, I am found generally at at quizats underscore hatterack, which I'll spell for you later because I Check the show notes. We'll just copy it from yeah, the show notes. It'll just be in the show notes, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And I also am on a, another podcast with Tanner called Our Sparks Ignited, set in the Magic Gathering universe, which is very, very fun. 
But then my main thing that I'm doing is Rest in Glitch Face, which is an all-women Shadowrun podcast set in St. Louis. <gasps> Sid, are you yeah. from St. Louis? Yeah. What oh high school God, you did from- you go to? Um, is This is getting cut, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Emily, it's Oh my cut. God, I went to- <gasps> Oh my God. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. See, <laughs> this is the thing that happens when you put two people from St. Louis in the same vicinity- Yes. We immediately have connections. <laughs> yes. My wife is also from St. Louis, but she was homeschooled. So, like, she doesn't get to participate. <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe that's a maybe that's a better choice, depending yeah. on the school in St. Louis. For sure. For <laughs> sure. She would have gone to, um, I think. Oh, my so, God. You know, possibly, possibly a better choice. <laughs> that's where my mom graduated from. Oh, my God. <laughs> but... Yeah, that's that's my spiel. Awesome. Well, if you want to find us on Twitter and tell us that we got these colors completely wrong. If Twitter's still existing. <laughs> if Twitter's, or if we, maybe we'll be on Blue Sky by then, who knows? Hey, hey, mutuals, if you have a Blue Sky invite, I'd like to join now. <laughs> I've decided I'll make the jump. Hell yeah. Yeah, we'll figure out off air how we want to handle uh, other social media for, other po- for our group of podcasts. <laughs> Yeah. But until then, Loser Like Me is part of the Corner Podcast Network, and we can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice. If we're not there, let us know, and we'll work on getting there. We can also be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter, and through LoserLikeMePod at gmail.com. We also have our own Discord server and Tumblr, with links in the episode description. Uh, next time, we said we are going to watch Fourth Man Out next time, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Pretty sure. I'm assuming- Awesome. I'm ass- then- <laughs> Hmm? I was going to say, did I go, did my audio blank out for you? Because you didn't immediately say like, yes, that's a thing or no, that's not a thing. Yes, it did blank out. And it just did again. <laughs> well, I didn't say anything that time, so it's fine. Okay. Well, <laughs> you're gaslighting me with audio drops. <laughs> I mean, that's on Discord. Okay. Well. Anyways, yeah, next next time we'll be watching Fourth Man Out starring uh, Cordova Street and other people. Um, I think there's a Degrassi boy in there, but I can't recall. I hope so for your sake. <laughs> for me? For your friend Tanner, put Degrassi's in. Yeah. Oh no, wait. We had um, uh, we had Kraken Tentacles of the Deep in our in our dock for next time. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay, never mind. We're watching Kraken Tentacles of the Deep. We're gonna watch Cory Monteith die again. Wait, no, hang on. That that sounds dark. As opposed to Supernatural, we're watching yeah. him play a character. That, yeah, that's what I meant. We're watching yeah. him play a character that is gonna get et by a kraken. I'm assuming. Yeah, we do, we will have to track that down. It's probably on Tubi. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'll have to. I'll. I can do some schemes to get a hold of it. Okay. <laughs> but that's for next time. Until then, uh, Sid. The way we end the episode is that we say three, two, one, and that's what you missed on Glee. And so I'll count us down, and then we'll all say the thing. Okay, for sure. Three, two, one, and, and that's, that's what, what you, you missed, missed on Glee. Glee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christina gonna figure out why we love the show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me.